0: The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Truly loving yourself can be one of life's toughest challenges. In her new book, The 30-Day Journey to Loving the Woman in Me, author Raina Joy Banks looks to guide women in this journey. Raina's here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Raina, thank you for joining us tonight.
1: Uh- Absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for having me.
0: It is a pleasure. Can you tell us what this book is all about?
1: Yeah. So um, the 30th journey to loving the woman in me started in a season of my life where, you know, I'm full-time industry and ministry um, in the entertainment industry. And I realized that I was pouring out so much of myself to so many people around me, um, but I was forgetting to fill up my own cup. And so there was a day where I just literally woke up and I felt like I was just at the end of life, at the end of my world. I felt like all this like weight almost just coming upon me because I was carrying everybody else's things, um, you know, being in ministry and being in entertainment and being the one that people seek after to pray, to war, to fight for them and all of those things. And I saw a time where I was just like, I woke up that day and I said, I can't do this anymore. This is too much. One of my brothers in Christ that reached out to me, like come to the studio, Um, He's like, I want to talk to you. I want you to just let it all out. And I did. And then he sent me over to his life coach, Karen. And from there, that's how my journey began. So every day I journaled my process of healing and it literally became my book. And then God just gave me the titles of each chapter. I ended up finishing the book on every plane because I was in the middle of tours and shows and, and my dance to live tour. And literally the book was finished. Um, probably in less than a year, I, t- I took about six months off because it got so heavy for me. But it was that book that was like, if I don't burst this, someone else around the world is going to die not knowing how to love themselves or die giving so much of themselves to everybody else but themselves. And I said, if I can write this and get this through, And as I wrote it, I began to heal um, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And, and supernaturally, and now that's in the testimony of people all over the world have had physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing. It's as if your past gets completely erased and you're able to start afresh and anew. And the only time your past comes up is when you're using it to testify about the goodness of God and what He's brought you out of.
0: I love hearing whenever you're writing a book that is helping so many people that that writing process also helped you and was very therapeutic to you. It lets you get a lot of things out and deal with a lot of things you're going through.
1: Yes, absolutely. And there's journaling all through it. At the end of every chapter, there's journaling where they can literally write in the book, or they can get a different journal. And some people, I gift them with a journal with a signed a prophetic word copy. And the journaling part, I believe, is what most people have so uh, taken over by. So it starts off pretty heavy. Most people email me, text me, DM me, crying, and like call me crying, and they're like, Oh, my gosh, I'm crying right now. Like, I didn't realize how important rest was. And that's literally the beginning of my healing process. My day one, I slept for hours during the day. And, like, God just knocked me out almost. It was so insane. And I woke up, and then literally that's when my healing began. I felt so light. I felt so free. And then he said, this is your day one, is rest. And he's like, this is your book.
0: Well, this is The 30-Day Journey to Loving the Woman in Me by Raina Joy Banks, published by Christian Faith Publishing, Available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Reina, thank you very much for coming on the Reader House Author Roundtable and chatting today. It was a pleasure speaking and finding out about this book.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate you beyond words. You guys are amazing, and thank you for all that you're doing for all of us authors.
0: (laughs) In his book, Te Amo Maria, a memoir and autobiography of Fred Beeler, the author recounts his family's move to America after World War II. Fred is joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Fred, thank you for being here with me tonight. You're welcome. Can you tell us about your book?
2: Well, this book yeah, tells the story of the Striggies who were expelled from their ancestral homeland in Prussia at the end of World War II. It tells the story of the Striggeys who immigrated to America. My mother was Eva more Striggey. It tells my story. I lived four years on a private railroad car. I was transferred many times as an operating officer.
0: So what inspired you to write your story and get it published?
2: Well I spent three years with the Union Pacific Railroad, amongst others, and I am also a member of the Diamond Kowanas Club in Omaha. And once a week we golf together I did a different course. Each time we carpooled and I would tell a railroad story each time. One of my associates said he enjoyed them so much, and asked if I had written any of them down. That was the final persuasion for me to write this book.
0: Is this the first book you've written or had published?
2: It's the first book I had published, really.
0: What was that experience like for you, getting everything formatted for publishing and working with a publisher?
2: It was quite an experience since I was a novice at this. I had a lot of help from Scott Parker at Fulton Books and got the thing together.
0: Do you have any advice now for people who want to do the same thing, to write a book and go out and get it published?
2: Well, the only thing I could say is that if you have a story to tell, worth telling, to write it down in a clear, descriptive, understandable way and then pass it around with your friends to see what they think of it, to give either a negative or positive reaction, and then if it's worthwhile, go from there.
0: Do you have any upcoming projects that you're working on, maybe a follow-up to this or another book?
2: Well, I have an idea for a great plot for another book. Uh, I'll see how it goes. I am 90 years old, so I don't know how much time the good Lord has given me yet.
0: Do you ever experience writer's block? And if you do, do you have a strategy for dealing with that?
2: I did on occasion have that, but I would go along and just put parts of it down as it came to me and as my experience developed. And so I I had all that information when I decided to write the book.
0: So did you have a target audience in mind, a certain readership out there that you think would get the most from this?
2: Anyone who enjoys the railroad would like it. Anyone who's interested in family history or genealogy would like it. Anyone who's interested in what happened in Prussia at the end of World War II. And also, there's a r- religious element in it. I was discharged by Jehovah's witnesses for celebrating
0: Christmas. This is Te Amo Maria, a memoir and autobiography of Fred Bieler. Published by Fulton Books, it's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere. Fred, thank you for joining us tonight. It was great getting to know you and learning more about your book. Thank you. We'll take an adventure in the jungle in Amani Wonders in Serengeti, the new book by Honeymoon Al-Jabri. Honeymoon is with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Honeymoon, thank you for joining us tonight.
3: Thank you very much for having
0: me. Can you tell us about what happens in Amani Wonders in Serengeti?
3: Uh, Amani is just a notorious, curious little baby girl who goes to Serengeti and uh, gets lost and finds new friends.
0: What gave you the idea for this book?
3: I love the Serengeti. I went to the Serengeti and I felt like I want to bring Serengeti to kids who have never been in Serengeti or they won't have opportunity to go to the Serengeti. So while I was sitting there You know, looking at the sunset and I was like, wow, I should write something and try to put this Serengeti idea to a lot of kids and enjoy this experience of being in the Serengeti.
0: Is there a specific age group of children that you think would get the most from this?
3: Yes, I think I was thinking about from four to nine, like from pre-K to maybe First grade kids, they can have the imagination of something that it's somewhere in the world. If they can't reach, but they can just take the book and be there at the moment.
0: That's one of the wonderful things about books is that you can explore places that you might not be able to get to. That's true. Is this the first book you've written or had published?
3: Yes, this is my first book, but I'm um, turning it to series because I feel like, okay, if I can go there and get and enjoy this and uh, feel kids, they will be able to enjoy. So I'm going to write the second one. I already finished to write. Maybe by December I'll be ready. Amani swims with Mermaid in Zanzibar, and I have another one. man Dance with whales in Madagascar, and another one. Amani's things with flamingo in Lake Turkana, Kenya. So I'm original from Tanzania, East Africa. So what I'm trying to do is just to explore all the beautiful tourism attraction around Africa and bring to kids around the world. Like, you can't go there, but I'll go there and bring it to you, wherever you'll be. That's the idea I have.
0: About how long did it take you to write this and then get it out on shelves?
3: Amani took me like almost like seven months. The Amani wonders in Serengeti.
0: And Do you have any advice for writers looking to go through that same process?
3: Yes, just be like truthful to yourself and find the story that uh, it's inspire you as a writer first. Before even you take to the kids to read and enjoy the journey. So it has up and down, but enjoy it. I enjoy it what, while you're writing. Enjoy it what you're promoting. It's like. Uh, it's just a gift you're trying to create to kids. I'm giving it as a gift. So every time I write, I feel like, okay, this is a little gift I'm giving to kids.
0: Do you ever experience writer's block? If you do, do you have a strategy for dealing with it?
3: I will just marinate the idea in my mind without even taking a pen or pencil to write. I will just start to think about it for a while, maybe two weeks I'm thinking, or three weeks. I'm thinking, but when I start to sit down it's just flow because I already inject the idea in my brain. It's something that I already plant in my heart. So it's usually it's flowing easier.
0: The book is Amani Wonders in Serengeti by Honeymoon Aljabri, published by Fulton Books. It's available at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, iTunes, Google Play and elsewhere. Honeymoon, thank you for coming on to the Reader House Author Roundtable tonight and chatting with me. It was a delight getting to know you and finding out about your book.
3: Thank you very much. I appreciate you.
0: Approaching the Bible by seeing God as a divine person is the focus of author Napoleon Burt's new book, Into His Presence, Volume 1, Encountering the God of the Patriarchs. Napoleon is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here with me tonight, Napoleon. Thank you for having me here, Corey. I appreciate it. Can you tell us about Into His Presence? Into His Presence. Actually, it's a two-volume series.
4: The first volume is what we're talking about. It's Into His Presence, Encountering the God of the Patriarchs. This is a book about the God of the Bible and his historically documented encounters with the men and women of the Bible over the course of history. It gives you sort of a defining a list of the defining characteristics of God, of who he is as a person, and you see him as a relationship-seeking, covenant-oriented, divine person.
0: So what inspired you to write this book? My life experiences. Essentially, I moved
4: from South Carolina to Texas, and when I did, I moved into a different church. And it caused me to dig into a deeper level of personal Bible study. And when I did that, seeking some answers, I came up with a huge volume of notes uh, over the course of about a decade, decade and a half of studying. And those notes and answers to my questions are laid out in the book.
0: Do you find it's common that a lot of Christians regard God as more of a spiritual force than an actual divine person?
4: Absolutely. I think that is our flaw, one of the cracks in the foundation of Christianity is we see God as a concept or a personification of good, but God is more than that. God is a divine person who transcends time, but who stands or steps onto the stage of history over and over again and encounters us in our lives as we are, where we are. And we. I think we'll be better, stronger Christians when we see him as a person, not a force.
0: Now, oh, about how long did it take you to write?
4: About 10 years of note-taking, where I was reading through the Bible at least twice a year and just accumulating a series of notes. Once I had all these notes, I decided to actually write it down. I went to a Christian writers' conference with my best friend, and I walked away from there going, you know, I should, I should actually write this. And once I decided to write it, it took me three years of writing, And then after I got mm, this manuscript, it took me another two years of editing it and then uh, seeking to get it published. So it's about 15 years of cumulative work.
0: Now this is Into His Presence, Volume 1. But how far are you into Volume 2? And can we expect it anytime soon? Actually, there is already a Volume 2. Volume 2 is Into His Presence, Encountering
4: the God of the Prophets. And there will be a volume three at some point, probably in the next couple of years.
0: This is Into His Presence, volume one, Encountering the God of the Patriarchs by Napoleon Burt, published by Christian Faith Publishing, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble and iTunes. Napoleon, thank you for chatting tonight. It was a pleasure speaking with you and learning about these books.
4: Definitely my privilege. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. I hope that it will change the world and bring people back. reading the Old Testament and knowing the God of the Bible.
0: Dogs are some of our most beloved pets, and there's a lot we can learn about them and from them. Author R.C. Bestetter uses a narrative to explore these great animals in his new book, Red, The Saga of Red Dog. R.C. is here with me right now. R.C., thank you for joining us tonight here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Yes, it's great to be with you. Could you tell us about The Saga of Red Dog?
5: Okay, SOG is a story. So, this is a story of a red-boned feral dog. And the book is about how to treat your dog. And the theme is Proverbs 12:10. A righteous person regards the life of his or her animal.
0: What inspired you to write the book? Have you witnessed a lot of uh, mistreatment or just improper care of dogs?
5: I think uh, a lot of dogs are misused, and a lot of dogs are abused, a lot of animals are abused. I don't like to see that. And dogs are such wonderful creatures. So many people love them. There's so many dog lovers in the world. I was in England for a while, and the people there in England love their dogs. We love our dogs. And I just got filled full emotionally of this uh, story on Red, and I wanted to write about it. And so I did that.
0: It's interesting you took the true story of Red and weaved a narrative around that. What was that like combining nonfiction with fiction?
5: It was a great experiment, I think. Red was a real dog. And so I had strong emotions for Red because Red was the uh, mother of my dog, Rot. And I adopted Rot. And so it's all in the story. It's a fantastic story. And then, of course, I just added to it. The thing about it is when you see a stray dog, you never know the story of that dog. People are so quick to judge. We like to judge anyway. The story of Red is a, a, a wonderful story. Great story.
0: Do you have any advice for aspiring writers who are looking to do what you're doing, writing books and putting them out there, getting them published?
5: I wrote this book because I think God wanted me to write the book. In fact, there's two issues in Red and Rot. These issues are ones that many animal lovers are concerned about. And the first is, uh, does an animal have a soul? And that's in the book of Red. That question is answered because, of course, I am a a preacher, I was a chaplain on the airports for 21 years, 21 years as a preacher. And then the second question, does a, an animal go to heaven? Does an animal have an afterlife? And that the answer to that question is in the book, Rot.
0: Do you ever experience writer's block where you have trouble getting the ideas and the words to come out? And how do you deal with that?
5: No, I. I you know, people are going to say, this this guy's a little weird maybe. But what happens is God gives me the ideas for my books. And then all of a sudden, these ideas just start flowing. And they flow and they flow and they flow. And quite often when I'm writing, I will take a pad and pencil and put it by my bed at night. And then I lay down and I get all these ideas and I just have to get up. I'm up half the night writing down all these ideas. And then, of course, I sort through them and uh, write on them. But uh, I, just, I just say my inspiration comes from God.
0: The book is read. The Saga of Red Dog by R.C. Bestetter, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. R.C., thank you for chatting tonight. It was great getting to know you and about these books. Okay, thank you, Corey, and God bless you. Author Kate Tavigi is here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Her new book, Hunter's Tales, The Imp's Curse, is a fantasy adventure out on shelves now. Kate, thank you for joining us tonight.
6: Uh, thanks for having me.
0: Can you tell us about your book?
6: It's written as, as a story within a story. Uh, there's basically I basically have an older man who's regaling a, a crowd with stories of what he did when he was younger. It's as, it, it has basically two separate groups, and they eventually come together. Uh, it's kind of a way for me to introduce characters and stuff because I'm planning on doing a series of them. One group is traveling to the aid of the other group, and the other group ends up splintering when uh, there's some problems and then a civil war associated with those problems. So there's all sorts of fun along the way for the group that's moving up, too. So
0: So where did you get the idea for this book?
6: Actually, this kind of came to me while I was at at work. I I worked in a, a lab setting where I had my earplugs in for like eight, seven, eight hours a day and also a respirator because I was uh, grinding a rock. And so I kind of had a lot of time alone in my own head. So I had time time to think and I would kind of think, think about things for a while and then uh, go and jot some notes down. And then I'd look at them and think, oh, hey, this, this might make a decent story. So I started writing it down and just everything just kind of went from there.
0: Have you ever written a book before or have been published?
6: Uh, No, I've never been published. The only things I did before now were a couple of short stories and a novella for uh, my high school English class.
0: What was the novel writing experience like for you as compared to what you've done before?
6: Well, it was a lot less stressful because I didn't have the time constraints like you do when you have an assignment due. And I also was able to kind of do it my own way instead of having to follow what my high school English teacher uh, wanted us to do. He wanted us to do, like, a handwritten outline and all that stuff. And when I do it myself, I can just do it my own way. I hope he's not listening because he'll be mad at me if he knows I'm not following (laughs) the proper procedure. But
0: (laughs) Does writer's block ever get you? And if it does, do you have a specific strategy that you use for it?
6: It does, (sighs) and... I will, I, I will actually leave what, what, I'm, what I'm working on there and go and work on something else. I have some things I was working on because I didn't feel like, like I was that good at dialogue. And so I kind of started um, typing another little project just to try to practice dialogue. And so if I got stuck on my main project, I'd go and work on that for a little while until I came up until something struck me and I decided, oh, hey, there's something that'll work and I'll go and try writing about that, too.
0: Now that you have your first book out there, would you have any words of advice for aspiring writers that want to get their work out there too?
6: Don't be afraid to just jump in and, and do it. Because I, I, actually, I actually had my, my uh, manuscripts finished for quite a while before I actually even started trying to get it published because I was kind of afraid of putting it out there. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know if I was afraid of what people were going to say or if it was just going to flop or whatever, but then I just got to thinking about it, and I'm like, well, regardless of what they have to say, I did it. And what have they accomplished? You know, let the haters hate and just do what you will.
0: This book is Hunter's Tales, The Imp's Curse by Kate Tavigi, available through Fulton Books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play and elsewhere. Kate, it was great speaking with you tonight. Thank you so much for joining us.
6: It was great talking to you, too. Thank you very much.
0: The Real Story of the Lost Dutchman Goldmine is the newest book by Harley J. Seaman. And it's out on shelves now. Harley is joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Harley, thank you for being here tonight. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Can you tell us the story of the Lost Dutchman Gold Mine?
7: The Lost Dutchman Gold Mine, to some people it doesn't exist. To other people it does. It's located up in an area that the Apache Indians call a Holy Sacred Ground. It's really difficult to get there. It's in a hidden valley. Mountains and ridges everywhere. Jacob Watts was the uh, original Lost Dutchman gold miner. People will believe that he had found it and or maybe he had stolen gold from another mine. It's believed that the Indians were years of taking treasure that they and gold from the miners and pilgrims in the area and storing it up in a cave up there, too. There's also a cavern of gold in the area. In my book, the character is kind of called there from the East Coast, and he makes his way out to look for it. Kind of like Jacob Watts, some bad things happened to him and he wasn't quite able to get there. Somewhat of a personal issue for the character as he grows and becomes more aware of who he is and how he stands in the world and grows in his own character looking for this mind. And as to whether or not he finds it, that's that's up to the reader to decide. And the area where, the author, where I believe it might be is hinted to and spoke of in the book, but no exact location is given. Pictures are included. If anybody is willing to go out and look for it, it's, it's an adventure. Life is more of an adventure for people. And we should, we need to get out there and follow who we are.
0: So where did the idea for this book come from?
7: You would have to read the book. I, I don't want to explain how it comes came about. I always kind of knew since I had been there that I had to write a book. And there are other people who have looked for Lost Dutchman Mind. It, it, it's a spiritual conquest, a spiritual journey. And many people have been
0: motivated to write books about the place. Is this the first book you've written or the first book you've had published?
7: Uh, This is the first book I've written and published. I have a follow-up to it. You know, Since I finished the second one, I just haven't had the motivation. I haven't been back to the area. So there's something that was driving me to write it. I felt compelled, almost obsessed. The area where I believe the mind is located is just a spiritual blessing.
0: Now I look forward to returning there again. About how long did it take you to write this?
7: I, I hate to say it, but in about six weeks. I wrote it out longhand. It took me about another six weeks to get it into the Word document. It was quite an experience. And the second one I've written, I just used the Word document and typed it out. It went a lot faster. And I'm working on rewriting that.
0: Do you have any advice for aspiring authors that are looking to do the same thing you did?
7: Now, write about something you know about. I mean, that's kind of how I was always led into writing, is to be sure that it's something that you know about or have a passion for. I, I looked into how to write a book. Building it up and writing out chapters and sub-chapters where the book was going to head and lead to just didn't seem to be my style. I just had to let
0: what was inside of me come out as I wrote. And it flowed. The book is The Real Story of the Lost Dutchman Goldmine by Harley J. Seaman published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Harley, thank you for chatting tonight. It was a pleasure getting to know you and getting to know about your book.
7: Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me here.
0: Author Catania K. Moore's book, My Softer Side, explores the soul and how complex it really is. Catania is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Catania, thank you for joining me here tonight.
8: Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, can you tell us about my softer side?
8: Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I've wanted to do for a really long time is write a book. And I think a lot of us feel like we have a book in us and we can't get the words out. So, as a professional, as a lawyer, someone who worked in the securities industry, There was this other creative softer side of me that you feel like you can't really express at work so i had been writing for some time and i just wanted to take some of the pieces about family and friends and love and kind of put it on paper and share it with all of you and
0: was there something or someone specifically that inspired you to write this book to go ahead and put yourself out there and get it published
8: yeah that's really interesting like at the time first of all people when they read your writing they always ask is this about someone and everything is about me like even though they may have been inspired by um loves relationships my relationships with my parents those sort of things ultimately it's just inspired by the feelings that are in my soul ultimately at the time when i wrote it i was kind of going through a difficult time and kind of deciding what the next step in my career was and i kind of felt like someone said to me you know you've wanted to write for a long time you've been writing for a long time just put it together Publish it. And that'll be a start for your next book.
0: Do you have any words of wisdom or inspiration for aspiring authors who are looking to get their work published too?
8: Just publish it. It's never going to be perfect. Like nothing ever is like, just don't hold on to it because your story deserves to be shared with the world. So just let go. I think it's really hard to make yourself vulnerable and whether it's fiction or nonfiction, Um, There's pieces of you that are on each page, and it's really hard to let go and to share that with the world. But just let go. That would be my my advice.
0: Now, are you thinking about a follow-up to this maybe or another kind of work?
8: Definitely another kind of work. Really, I just wanted to let my creative side – I wanted to kind of let go of my creative side – Um, and put it out there. But I am working on another book that's about being a woman and being a woman of color and kind of navigating through the securities industry and some of the things that I've gone through and I've dealt with and my friends and colleagues have dealt with um, and kind of addressing some of those issues.
0: Something that even the most creative people deal with from time to time is writer's block. Do you experience that and do you have a way of dealing with it
8: i do i think it's really important to experience as much life as you can a lot of what we write comes from our imagination but it also comes from our experiences so if you're not feeling it in that moment like go out talk to a stranger at a bar or you know go for a walk and talk to you know someone that you see that you haven't you know that you don't even know talk to a stranger that's how you have new experiences and those new experiences are what lead to the words that create those paragraphs and those paragraphs that create those books. So just really sometimes the best books aren't the ones that are conceived sitting in front of a piece of paper. They're the ones that are conceived, you know, just having experiences with other human beings.
0: And you mentioned being a woman of color, that coming from your perspective in this book, was there a group that you were having in mind while you were writing this, more of a target audience kind of thing?
8: no not really i think um, you know just kind of going through um relationships and those different dynamics of love and all the different aspects of it whether it's between a parent and a child um love with an intimate partner kind of having just gone through this journey and able to find my, my now life partner it was definitely, there's so much heartbreak, and my friends and I, we would sit down and have these long conversations about it and find out that we're going through so many of the same things. And also part of it is just letting people know, like, we're, we're all going through it, you know, it, it, it will work out, it's going to be okay, but we're all going through it.
0: So what kind of things do you read to keep yourself recharged or inspired
8: yeah so i definitely read a lot of books by other poets but i think the things that keep me the most inspired are conversations with my friends and family particularly the women in my life i think i have a great social circle of women and we get together often now by zoom (laughs) not in person we have these very, very vulnerable conversations. In those moments, I find the rawest emotions, and they're so inspiring to me, and they are just really, really my muses.
0: This book is My Softer Side by Katanya K. Moore, published by Fulton Books. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere. Catania, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight and speaking with us. It was great meeting you and finding out about
8: your book. Thank you for having me.
0: Each person's life journey is different, but there are a lot of issues and challenges that we can all identify with. Dr. John R. Pickett ponders life in his new book, Deeply Simple, Poems Straight from His Heart. John is here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. John, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. So can you tell us about your poetry in Deeply Simple and what inspired you to write this?
9: yes uh deeply simple came about over several years as the lord would give me and i would uh start to elaborate on them i would get more lines as i wrote each poem and knowing that i had a good collection of them i figured they should be in book form and actually my wife who's now deceased uh, she first put them in book form for me but i um finished up the uh process
0: as years went by and He's been away from me for some time. So what sorts of issues are you pondering? Your poetry gets pretty deep in here about the challenges of life.
9: Yes, I talk about father ascenteeism, talk about uh, getting closer to the Lord, talk about finding peace within yourself, talk about destiny, discovery, faith, hope. I even have a poem in about infatuation with a person, a friend of mine, when I was a young guy. Uh, I talk about love. Uh, Mercy, purpose, predestination, reflection, and salvation. Is this the first book you've written or had published? Uh, This is the first book I had published. I'm currently working on a couple other books right now. A little different than this book of poetry, but still involves faith and the Christian
0: viewpoint. When it came to getting it published, getting everything formatted and decided on that end, were there any challenges or surprises for you along the way?
9: Well, the biggest surprise was the Christian faith uh, publishers uh, that accepted my manuscript and decided to publish it. That was the biggest surprise. But working with them, the process was pretty straightforward. We did some editing, and I think the biggest issue was coming up with the cover design, but we finally got it, which I was proud of. I kind of came up with the idea.
0: Would you have any words of advice for aspiring authors that are looking to do the same thing?
9: I would say uh, submit your manuscript. Stop hesitating and just do it today because I feel as though this book should have probably been out 15 years ago. I just say go for it. Life is short. You don't want to leave anything on the table when you check out of here.
0: Do you ever experience writer's block or somewhere where the ideas just aren't coming to you, and how do you deal with it?
9: Yeah, sometimes you experience writer's block um, just due to life's everyday issues. I try to exercise or get out to the environment, get some fresh air. And then uh, get some rest. A lot of times we don't rest properly, and that blocks our mind flow. Those are some things I do. I read my Bible also, and that gives me a clear mind and opens
0: me up to hear from heaven, so, so to speak. This book is Deeply Simple, Poems Straight from His Heart by Dr. John R. Pickett. Published by Christian Faith Publishing, it's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. John, thank you for chatting tonight. It was great getting to know you and about this book. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. In the book, Collie Bear says, come and play with me. Author Doc Beasley promises children lots of fun and laughter. Doc is with me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Doc, thank you for being here tonight. My pleasure. My my pleasure. Can you tell us about your book?
10: It's a uh, book based on the character of my youngest daughter. It's a uh, book about a young bear who introduces you to some of her friends and her family, and it has um, some rhymes and riddles. And it's a, it's a first in a
0: series of books. What gave you the idea to write this? Where did the premise come from?
10: Basically, every uh, every night I used to tuck my daughter. When she was three or four, I'd carry her up to her room, um, and she would make me sit with her and tell her stories or tell her, um, you know, little riddles or poems. And my wife used to say, you should write them down, write them down. After a while, I started just putting them down and wherever I was, scribbling them on paper and putting them in notes. And one day, I just started to put them all together and and form a book.
0: Is this the first book you've written? Uh, Yes, it's the first. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. What's it feel like to have your first book up there on shelves and people are reading your work? It's uh, it's pretty exciting. I've told these
10: stories and these rhymes for years, but to see it out there for for other people to see and enjoy it's it's
0: uh, it's pretty fun. So were there any surprises or challenges along the way of getting this ready to be published?
10: I think the biggest the biggest challenge was um was was the illustrations. You don't realize it, you know, it's easy to put words down on paper sometimes and to make things rhyme or to make things, you know, silly or fun. But then when the publisher came back to me and said, well, what do the characters look like? It was a pretty strange process of trying to identify even the main character. Is it a bear? Is it a human? Uh, What are the friends? It was pretty exciting seeing how that works and how they come up with an idea and how you can expand on it and then make each character different.
0: Do you have any words of advice now for aspiring authors that want to take this same journey that you are?
10: Yeah, I would just say do it. Uh, it. It took me a long time to actually. I, I would hear it all the time from my family or my friends. Oh, you should put it in a book. You should write it. You should write it. And I said, Oh, what am I? I'm not a writer. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't create a book. I just, you know, finally sat down and, and put things together and, you know, searched out for a publisher and and sent it in. And a couple said yes, a couple said no. Um, but just do it. If you have something that you want to say or you want people to see, do it and get it out there.
0: Do you ever experience writer's block? The ideas just aren't coming. And if you do, do you have a strategy for dealing with it?
10: Sometimes what I'll do is I'll just stop, put everything you know, away and, and, you know, just walk away from it for a couple of days. And then, um, you know, sit down and pull it up and reread it once and reread it twice and reread it a third time. And then it usually helps and it, it, it clears it up and lets me lets me write again.
0: The book is Cully Bear Says Come and Play With Me by Doc Beasley, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Doc, thanks for coming on the show tonight and chatting with us. It was great getting to know you and about the book. Thanks for having me. It was was a pleasure. Life in the Forks is the new book by Mohsen Kabari and is out on shelves now. Mohsen is here with me now. Thank you for being here with us tonight at the Reader House Author Roundtable, Mohsen. Thank you. So could you tell us about your book? Every one of us face choices and we have to choose
11: wisely. Maybe our choices is life impacting, maybe a simple choice, but we need to know how to make a wise choices. So my book is all about the, how to make choices in daily basis. Maybe we are in, in crossroad and we have to choose. And then we don't have time to research. Maybe we have time for research. In different situations, you have to wisely choice. So um, in my books, I consider this fact that there is different technique for choosing the wise choices. In different sections, in different situations, I explain in very simple manner that how you can choose wisely.
0: How did the idea for this book come about?
11: So first, when I started writing my first book, Live the Fullest of Your Life, I decided to show people how to enjoy their life and how to accomplish their goals. And after that, I saw that there needs more books in this category. So because I have experienced a lot of hardships and I had to choose so I use my experience and my knowledge to transfer it to listeners to don't go through my hardship that I spent.
0: About how long were you working on this book?
11: About one year, because I had to research and I had to reconsider things.
0: About one year. And are you working on maybe a follow-up to this or another work?
11: Uh, yes, I'm writing my life story right now. It is a book about how i come to believe in jesus christ and how continue to live upon the grace of god and continue doing this. what i my i have different websites for my ministries and i doing this so i'm explaining how i will be successful after all of these hardships
0: were there a specific kind of people a group of people a readership that you had in mind that you were sort of targeting?
11: My first book and this one is suitable for every age group because every one of us, no matter how old are we, we need to make choices. So it's targeting from teenager until the 80 years old and up. And so it's not a specific group of people that can use. And you can believe in God or you cannot believe, everyone can use the book.
0: The book is Life in the Forks by Mohsen Kabari, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Mohsen, thank you for joining us here tonight. It was great talking to you and learning about your book. Thank you very much. Living Life with Purpose is the focus of Minister Alonza Hunt's new book, The Formula. Alonza is joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining me tonight, Alonza. Glad to be of service. Oh, can you tell us what you're talking about in the formula?
12: Well, the formula is about God's word, and what this note is about is hopefully it will connect Christians, those that read it, with how God's word functions in this earth. In other words, how does the Bible work for me with everything in your endeavor? It is a formula to it. So it is with the Bible. There's a formula to understanding the Bible. And so that is the purpose and the hook about the title, The Formula.
0: How did the idea to write this book come about?
12: Well, during my private meditation and just thinking on the Word of God, the word formula popped in my mind, and I just couldn't shake it. And day after day, it was just there, the formula, the formula, the formula. When I picked the Bible up, the formula. When I opened the Bible up to read any particular scripture, the formula. So I had to go into prayer and ask God to reveal to me what he is trying to say so that I can put it down and understand it and hopefully share it with future generations.
0: Is this the first book you've written or have had published?
12: Actually, yes, it is the first published work.
0: Well, congratulations on that. It's a big accomplishment. Uh, How does it feel knowing your work is out there for people to read?
12: Well, I'm just totally ecstatic. I realize that it's not a lengthy book, but I'm aware that God has never had to have big things to make big things happen. We are admonished in the Word of God to consider the small things. He says, consider the ant. That's one of the smallest creatures in the earth, but he admonishes us to learn from it. And so when I see this little note that I've been blessed to have published, I see it as one of God's small, big things. I'm just waiting to see what he does to make this small thing become a giant
0: in the earth. Are you thinking of writing another book, maybe a follow-up to this or some other kind of work?
12: Well, I have learned to write stuff down. And and hopefully one day I will compile it. But actually there is a second thought about the formula. I call it the Formula 2. And what it will be about is taking this formula and connecting it to understand the will of God. We often hear people say, if it be the will of God, then such and such. And my mind said we should know what the will of God is. It would be ludicrous for God to require us to operate in his will and then hide the instructions for his will for us to simply fumble up on it, stumble up on it, or blunder on it without a clear understanding that this is the will of God. God is simple, his word is simple, not complicated, but because it's so simple, I think we make it complicated because we're looking for something more than what it actually says.
0: The book is The Formula by Minister Alonza Hunt, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Alonza, thank you again for joining us tonight. It was Great speaking with you and finding out more about your book.
12: Thank you for taking the time to allow me to express my concern.
0: Author Mike Curry's life has been intense, to say the least, and his new book, In the Arena, takes readers on that ride. Mike is here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Mike, thank you for joining us tonight. going to be an interesting conversation. Absolutely. Can you tell us about In the Arena?
13: Well, it uh, basically, it... it... Details some of my experience uh, in Marine Corps Officer Candidate School, and then my, I led long range teams in Vietnam. That was a pretty exciting deal. Spent some time in Peace Corps, then worked 31 years in an inner city school uh, with all the trials and tribulations that it takes, especially when it's, uh, we were desegregating the school. And in addition to that, I threw in a little bit about Watts. I was part of the National Guard unit thrown into the 1965 Watts Rise, which means it's fairly topical. And uh, then at 49 years old, I went to jump school, so I kind of covered the whole area.
0: Is this the first book you've written or had published? <laughs> yes, yes, sir, it is. So, what inspired you to write this one, to write your story, and to get it out there?
13: Well, really, it it had to do with creating a legacy for my grandkids and great-grandkids and whomever. But also, I had a couple of uncles that both fought World War II, and when they died, their story died with them. And I kind of wanted to have my story available to people who might be interested. It's kind of, you know, I actually was out there fighting the war. I actually was part of the school system that had to deal with all the issues in, they were involved in in an inner city school. And I don't think people get that perspective regularly. About how long
0: were you working on writing this?
13: Actual, the actual writing was a little over a year, but I've had it all based on notes and letters that I had over for the last 30 or 40 years.
0: So, what was the process like for you? Was there anything surprising or challenging that came up along the way?
13: Oh, I learned a whole lot. there's no question about it on how to and I'm sure I'm a very unfinished author. but you know in terms of how to phrase the whole subject matter, the way I started it was I just got all my notes together and put them in some kind of a order and then uh, tried to create a story around it.
0: Now that you've been through it, do you have any words of advice for aspiring writers?
13: What I'd say is what so many people say is don't let your story get lost. I you know, so many of us have great stories and when we're and times change so rapidly that our grandkids are never gonna realize the times we lived in. Today, for instance. You know, there's so much going on in, in our country and in the world. They'll only read it as part of a history book, but not as part of a personal experience.
0: Now are you working on maybe a follow up to this or another book?
13: No, I'm really not. I, I just wanted to tell my story and uh you know, hope that I can get it out enough for, you know, maybe even uh, my life centered around a lot of service to my country, to other people. And I would hope that that might influence some people.
0: What would you say is the main takeaway from this book? Is there one main favorite memory from this book that you'd like to sort of whet readers' appetites with?
13: The whole book centers on my experience with the Marine Corps and leading young men in combat. I think that was that's maybe the, a defining moment in my life. But I also think I spent a lot of time kind of in an uphill struggle in an inner city school. You know, I think that people don't get that viewpoint very often either.
0: Absolutely. And it's really important for people to be more aware and also the historical aspect of that. I really appreciate that you're documenting history about the war and the aftermath.
13: And it might be interesting just to talk you know, a little bit about the Watts riots. I mean, there's some similarities there.
0: <laughs> the book is In the Arena by Mike Curry. Published by Fulton Books, it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere. Mike, thank you so much for talking with me here tonight. It was a pleasure meeting you and finding out about the book.
13: Yes, sir. It was good talking with you as well.
0: We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books.